found this great radio station, W-U-R-D, Word Radio. And the deal is, is that it's a black radio station and they're really having real conversations. And you can like, you can subscribe, you can, you know, uh, it's in Philadelphia, but it's for our people. And we've got to get this thing nationwide. We've got to get this thing down coast to coast. We have to have these conversations. And therefore, I'm going to leave you with the conversation and I'll be back. Hey, I, I can play trombone. I wasn't a great trombone player, but I, I liked it. It allowed him it. to have a job. So he had a it, skill. it seemed like our school system had music programs for us. Because when I came, I came through after you. I came through the '60s. You came through the '50s. I came through the '60s. You could learn how to play an instrument in school, but they cut it out. Why did they cut that out, man? Like you said, music gave us messages. It's, it's, mm -hmm. For me, it's more like a spiritual thing. You got to really sit down and listen to it. You know what I mean? Because when I was coming out, I wasn't even listening to big band stuff. Even though my brother played Count Basie, Duke Ellington, Freddie, mm -hmm. I heard it, but I wasn't paying attention. And in that time, when I came, that's when R&B was coming through. It the same mm -hmm. time. And that's R&B just, it's good. They, they was giving messages for us. Mm -hmm. At the same time. You know, but what really, the kicker for me is when I got drafted in the Army in 1966, out of high school for 13 months. I didn't know about women. I didn't think about it. I was just trying to live life and do the right thing. So to, to, to put it in a, a story context, right, um, our story context, that was the Vietnam War you got drafted in? That's that not. was Vietnam. Vietnam, 1966. Uh, you was drafted in the Army? I was drafted in the Army. Okay. Before you get to the army, tell me, tell me, how did you got twelve people in your family? How did you avoid gangs and and guns and gang war? And how did you avoid that? I had big brothers. They, they didn't allow that. They okay. Why? You know, they was more like they, they was more like my dad than my dad. <laughs> All right. You know, because they, they was in the game too. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. They got out of and they got out through music and arts. You know, hmm. I had one brother named James Gaston. He was an artist. And um, Lucy Barnes told me, he said to me once, he said, no, we knew your brother going to be a good artist. And he told me, my brother used to go in dirt. That was coming from hell to me. Even when I met Lucy Barnes, I didn't know who Lucy Barnes. I heard of him. And hmm. I met him, met him from the club club. And he said, I know you. You're the captain. Hmm. He said, man, I heard about you when I was in prison. We were casting doing music. Because Bootsy Barnes grew up around what? Richard Allen Projects, right? Right, right. Uh, a, a now, all around that the whole area, yes. Bill Cobb, that was one of Bill Cobb's he walking. Uh, my, my brother, James Gaston, Bootsy Barnes, and, and Cosby was close. Right. Close, close. It was, mm. it was very, it was, I wouldn't change, I wouldn't change for anything. It was, I had a good time, I had a good time. You can enjoy life, the people, because we all family. Everybody was family. I don't care which family you represent. Everybody was family. But, Brother Gaston, let me let me tell you this. There's a caller, and I hope she's on, Miss Dunn. Miss Dunn, is she, she's a esteemed elder. You know Miss Madeline Dunn, you heard her? Dunn. You know, like, like yes. she, wants to, she wants to talk with you, brother. 
Miss Dunn, are you on? Yes, sir. All right, how you doing, Miss Dunn? I am thrilled. I'm sitting here going through a whole bunch of papers and stuff, and then I hear you start to talk about the music and see everything that our young people took to and could just master. They took it away. Yeah, that's right, Miss Dunn. We had a good band in Overbrook. They took it away. The three automobile manufacturers got together and sent this first, first product out uh, around the country for schools, hospitals, with children. And West Philly, loaded with black kids, won three years in a row. Did they mm. Uh-uh. They took it and they sent it down around the Navy Yard, uh, down in South Philly somewhere, so that the kids down there got it. And the regular schools for even learning just to trade, they have taken them away. So with a group like you guys, I'm thinking maybe we get something new done here to, to be able to show them. Because a lot of people think we really can't. And I say we can't do anything we choose to do because God gave it to us. It's That's done. Right, That's right. But when you got that mom and dad who got love and affection and attention for you children, our children, or anybody's children, them are the children that are going to do well. And the children who get caught up in the stuff. Yeah, I got a program I'm working on for those children that how we can maybe get mom and dad to come together, look each other in the face, and look and find out what love really is. You know, it's an action word. It ain't about no wham bam, thank you, ma'am. It ain't about taking money. It is about people caring about your very being, mm. from the top of your head to the sole of your feet, caring about you. And Miss Dunn, just let me say, I, I know that you care because I've worked with you in the Empowerment Zone. I know you through Miss Newkirk. I know you through Heshimu Jeremoji. Okay. I've seen you in action. I know you care. Yes, yeah. yes I do. Uh, in fact, I think that's why God put me here. Uh, starting around seven years old, I got I got saved and I got in stuff, into everything that, that I thought was good. And I still do it. And, I, and I'm like, I'm in my 90th year, brother. I'll be 90. That's a blessing. It's a blessing, Leo. She's 90 years old, brother. Yes. 90 years young. Excuse me. 90 years young. Yeah, I know she, she has I, some stuff. I am so pleased. Well, well, I want to tell you my address, but I'm going to say, if you talk to somebody at the station, somebody out there give you my phone number or my address, because I'd like to get together and have you boys come over someday and we just sit around and talk and see if we could get some of the young boys here to come listen because they don't want to come listen to nothing so okay. i thought it's something new in your head if you don't put nothing new in and well, we don't see what we can do brother shamari he he's got contact with you we'll, we'll talk to brother shamari brother shamari don't like old people old people don't <laughs> come on my, my mama done my, i i've been dedicated a whole show to old people right now <laughs> come on mama <laughs> Circle, Mama Dunn. They love me. Jetty Newkirk and all them. I'm always looking out for my elders. Thank you, sir. We appreciate it very much. Jetty and Jetty and I have been friends for a long, long time. And Cecil Moore. That's how I met Jetty. I was working with Cecil. And you know, 
a sister around here in Philadelphia named Orion. She had a, a, a thing made for me with all of these wonderful black people around and me in the center saying that I do to help people in the in the neighbors neighborhoods that are that are the least of these or have the less money or something something that that's what it meant, no matter what it said. But it is a beautiful uh uh plaque. All right, Miss Dunn, we, we, we thank you. We're going to take another caller before time catches up with us, okay? God bless. God bless you. Brother Gasson, you, you got him lined up. You got another caller. You want to take it? I take it. You best All right, this, this is Brother Purnell. Brother Purnell, you on there? Yes, sir, Brother Nashi. How you doing? Oh, man, I'm doing great, brother. How you oh, doing God. now that I hear from you? I, I, we got, sorry, we got Brother Leo, Leo Gasson yeah. on. That's my brother from another mother, man. You know what okay. I mean? Way back, man. Let me just say a, two, uh, a quick thing, man, because I, I want Leo to you know, do what he needs to do. But I knew Leo all his life, man. I knew all his brothers, his, his uh, sister, man, his mother. And when we were coming up down the tender line, man, like his family was the one that was more or less into the jazz. They taught us about our history, our heritage, our culture. Dress man, they wore uh, kill me uh, uh, suits. They wore Italian shoes. His brothers, man, was the hippest brothers in our neighborhood. His family is the one in our neighborhood is the one that wore the afros when nobody else was wearing. His brothers was wearing the dashikis. Obama was wearing the dashikis. His family, man, set the stage for a lot of us coming up down the tunnel lines, man. I got a, I have a lot more I can say, man, but I just wanted to mention that, man. And then you know, bro, Brother Purnell, I think what they call, they would call his family the influencers. Yes, sir. Because they influenced the village. They went out and said, well, you're doing wrong. Let me show you another path, a creative path, artistic mm -hmm. path to go on. Well, his brother was the one that introduced me to jazz, and one of his oldest brothers, Oku Ali, was my martial arts instructor. He taught myself and the youngest brother, Lamont, about jazz, you know, such as the, a lot of the great jazz legends like um, McCoy Tyner, Lee Morgan, you know, just to just name a couple of them, man. But they, everybody loved them down the tender line. And Brother right. Lamont was the one that gave me my first job, man. He was my mentor, man. I, got, I, I give him credit and his brother me turning out being the type of person that I am at this present time in my life, man. So this brother here, you talking about Leo. Leo, he helped you. He gave me my first job selling newspapers I worked for him, man. <laughs> okay, all right. But I'll hang up, man. Now listen, let some other calls get in. But I just wanted to mention a couple of things, man. His family was awesome, awesome, man. All right? All right. Brother Leo, well, I think uh, I remember now you was you was my paper paper route manager, I think, too. You know, <laughs> yeah. But uh, that we got to take a break. When we come back, we got to get into the producers guild. All right. <laughs> All right, now. Opera Philadelphia turns back the clock on a classic love story with a bold new production of La Boheme, the cherished opera that inspired the musical rent journey backwards in time as the story and music are presented in reverse ending with the joy of first love domus puccini's la boheme april 28th through may 7th at the academy of music tickets start at 25 dollars visit operafilla.org to purchase
SEPTA is hiring. As an employee, you will earn competitive compensation and great benefits, including medical, dental, prescription, and a pension. Visit jobs.septa.org to apply today. Let's face it, life looks a little different. During these times, we're doing our best to keep our minds and bodies strong. And getting a flu shot helps us stay healthy, so we don't miss out on what matters. Like having game night at home. Yeah, can't do that while sick with the flu. Now imagine family movie night that your daughter can't live without. Well, that's ruined. And don't forget your uncle's socially distanced cookout. <coughs> That's why it's important to be at our strongest. Every year, millions of people in the U.S. get the flu. Especially now, no one has time to miss out on moments that matter. So get your flu shot. Find out more at getmyflushot.org. Brought to you by the AMA, CDC, and the Ad Council. We know the world is crazy. There's a never-ending stream of negativity constantly flowing by our ears. We need daily reminders that joy is essential. Word Radio offsets the awful with daily words of joy and empowerment. These are on-air messages meant to uplift our spirit. We invite you, the word listener, to share your words of joy and empowerment with us. You can read a brief poem, share a favorite inspirational quote, an empowering story, or a passage from a book. Just call 215-425-7875, extension 107, and leave your words of joy and empowerment on the voice. Please make sure your message is one minute or less. It will be helpful to use a timer to stay on track. We look forward to broadcasting your words of joy and empowerment. We are WURD, Progressive Black Talk Media. Groundings with Brother Shamari right now on Word Radio and WordRadio.com. Five six three four eight zero six five. Everybody wants to talk to Brother Gatson here. So Brother Gatson, Brother Gatson, if you just tuned in, this is Oba Leo Gatson, and he's a music promoter. And we talked about us growing up in Philly and how we stayed out of trouble because his family helped him stay out of trouble and the music. They were influencers in North Philadelphia. So okay, Gatson, you you went to public schools and your your family set the style they taught people how to dress they showed people how to dress play the music you went into the army how did you get into the music and promoting the music because you're a music promoter tell us about what you did i think you had the group called the producers skill tell us about that uh well, but then before I did all that, I always, I was always doing like an organizing with different groups, different, different things, high school fraternity, a social club. You know, we had that scene back then. But and I decided to do the, the skill. But what really happened when I was on my way to Vietnam, I was in Louisville, Kentucky, and I'm in this bar. I was feeling sorry for myself that while well, I'm going to Vietnam, I don't know if I'm coming back or not. And Sketches of Spain came on. Mm, that's Miles Davis, right? Right, and, and I said, I said, wow, this is what my brothers were telling me about this music. It just hit me. So I said to myself, if I make it out of Vietnam, I'm going to come back to Philly, and I'm just going to study the music. 
Every album I can buy, I'm going to any concert I can buy. And, uh, and I did it for seven years. And then a, a friend of mine, a woman from Delaware, he went to Africa and he wrote a nice tune, you know what I mean? So he kind of dared me to do a concert. I like counts. I did a concert. And then from there, I went straight, I went straight to uh, Arbrady. But I'm going to take a hold on that. It wasn't for my mother. It wouldn't be no producer's game. Okay, so your mother helped you establish your business. Because this yeah. is a business. Let's let's get this straight. This is an enterprise for you. Right. Promoting our, our music, not only you're a lover, but it helps you feed your family. Go ahead. Well, and your, mother, and your mother, she was your investor. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All she, right. She, she, she liked my dream. You know what I mean? It mm. was tough. But see, when I started producing, it, it wasn't for just me. It is for all the black men or women who like that and want to promote it and do it because they were doing it. My thing, they can do it, we can do it. And I just mm -hmm. met because of my brother, because they knew people like Sonny Fortune, Odin Pope, they all played together. But I didn't have a major problem, but I just go and use my voice and I would definitely go and talk to every musician I can find or every show I went to, I went straight backstage. They couldn't tell me I couldn't go backstage. And I just talked to the musicians. They liked my idea. And they came. And they in turn started telling all the other musicians about this young black cat doing the music. Because I I, I did some heavyweights. Mm -hmm. I, I did extra court operation with a star. Mm -hmm. Henderson. No. I'm Dennis Newborn Jr., Ernestine Anderson. I was say pulling up. I was getting so much musicians calling me, man. All over the country, man. And I ain't no half of them. But we go to this day, I don't even know how to put a joke on my phone. So what, what year did you start promoting music? 1975. Okay, so you was promoting music as you, and you promoted the jazz. Yes, yes. All right. So, for example, you, you was like, let's, let's break it down so people understand the, the realm that you're in. You're like Georgie Woods who promoted rock and roll. Right. At the uptown, but you promoted jazz, you promoted music too. Yes. And yeah. your mother helped you. Now I heard your mother was into the culture too. She wore, you know, the dashikis and had a head wrap. Afro and all that. I, I had my first Afro in nineteen sixty two. Mm. And when I wore school, they used to call me Mau Mau. <laughs> you know what I mean? But see, I would emulate my brothers because they was doing it. My brothers, they, they was into the arts, man. They was into the art. My brother had a studio downtown, 19th of Market. He had one across the street, um, with City Hall. Yes, that little Mole Street. Mm -hmm. And then all the, all the upcoming black artists, cultures, mm -hmm. um, poets. And I, I'm watching this scene, you know what I mean? And then I really can't. I try to hook up with the right kind of people. You know what I mean? You had a brother. You had a brother too, because we got to give him a shout out. You had a brother that was in Move, right? Yes, I did. And what was his name? Let's give him a shout out. Lamar Jackson. What he he calls us Lamar Africa. Yeah, he he passed, right? He passed. All, all my brothers passed. I'm the last one standing. So they all are ancestors. So we got to give your you know give your family. Give your family a shout out because you named, didn't you name something in honor of your mother? 
Yeah, I, I, I started this um, last year or two years ago, and I called it Eva's Place. My mother's name is Eva. So I got a, a big down at the um, community education center in the back of it, and I call it Eva's Place in Ireland. Okay, Eva's Place. Yes. So, okay, tell us about the producers, Bill, because we got a young brother on here that wants to talk to you. He's one of the Word Youth Warriors. Okay. So he just came into the to the studio and uh, he wants to ask you some questions. But tell us, what, what is the Producers Guild and where do you operate from? Tell us real quick, and then we'll bring on the young brother. I, I started operating in 1975 down at the Ethical Society. And Producers Guild is mainly for young kids who want to know the music, I want to get you to come down there. And it's also for the community for the right price. A lot of people in the community can't go downtown. Music. Uh, we just don't have any more venues like that. So I'm trying to make a space where we can teach the young and the old and the young the old so we can keep their music because we have some very talented young black Okay. And I was one of them over here, these young boys ain't playing nothing, but when I got a chance to tell them, like your son, uh, I was I was thrilled. I was thrilled. They gave they gave me a second win. Second win at this. So where where are you promoting the music now? What spot I, are you I'm, at now? I'm promoting out a community education center. And where is that? That's that 3500 Lancaster Avenue. I do a thing every second Friday. So you do the second Friday. You do it. So somebody wants to hear, meet you. If somebody wants to meet you or hear some of the artists that you bring in, they can see you at um, the CEC. They call it right. Community education center. It's been, it's been good for me. Um, it's been it's been great. Uh, making a lot of connections, but I get calls all the time. But it's a place where we, as people, enjoy the arts. This is our only art that Black not not to say the only, but the, the art that Black Americans form together that everybody in the world loves, but us. And that's the only reason because we don't have stations to talk about it. We don't have Black writers, you know, they come and about what we doing. Well, let me introduce you to Kamari. Kamari, this is uh, Brother Leo, Oba Leo Gadsden, and he's a music promoter. Leo, this is Brother Kamari. He's one of the Word Youth Warriors. Right. How you doing, young brother? I'm good. How are you? I'm fine. So my question is, what youth programs do you have? Well, I, I with my wife and I, we started a youth program with um, Robin Seabrook and Robin Murphy, Terry Shockley. And what we do, we take um, young people to uh, various um, cultural art places or centers. Like, uh, we got a program called BAM up in New York, with Academy Music, and it's an all-day festival. It's just like uh, a June day. And we take them on a bus, we, we feed them breakfast, lunch, dinner, and they have a show, and it's just circulating all around. Uh, we go to uh, uh, Mary Anderson, we go to Paul Grover, and they, they have to do with black, we take them to black plays. That's what we did. And uh, let me, let me all say, down the all down the let me say, Brother Kamari, if you get a chance and you hear of any of the programs that he does, you should do it, because... Um, he took I, I took all of my grandchildren up to New York and I didn't even have to pay for them through Brother Leo to that band that he was talking about. That's Dance Africa. Have you ever been to Dance Africa, Kamari? No. 
Oh, you gotta go. You gotta go. You gotta hit those places. You gotta go, man. Wait. I'll add them to the bucket list. Uh, Oba, uh, go. Kamari, you wanna ask him what his name means? Yeah, that's what, that was what my next question was gonna be. What does your name mean? King. 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 K-I-N-G. I was given by my brother. My brother gave me that name, Oba. You know, not everybody know me as Oba, but some people, the people that do know me, they call me Oba. You know, because during the time we were giving out, giving out African names, that was like in the uh, 70s, 75, and all that. It's like Herbie Hancock. It's like the audition. But we always all doing it because we were just beginning to learn our history. In the 60s. That's what we learned that. And we pull everything together. And we share knowledge, we share music, we share books. We read. You got to read, you got to read, you got to read. You got to study, you got to have good work ethics. You got to want it. It's kind of like um, being inside you, it's boring. You got, you got to be boring, you got, you got to want it. Because you're going to be done. We can do anything we want to do. You know, man, just stay out of trouble and be with the right, be with the same kind of people that you, that you, that you are. Same way, you know what I mean? But don't ostracize anybody. Never do that. Always respect your brother and sister. Even though you might be hoodish and all that, we all the same because the way they, in this society, they say, they will say, well, the guys from South Philly is like this, the guys from North Philly is like this, the guys in West Philly that. No, we all the same. We're we a village. We're a village. And that goes every city, state, black city. And I, and I learned that in Vietnam. I, I learned that in Vietnam, but get back and say, well, the brothers down south, it's like this. The brothers on the west coast, like this. The brothers in the central part of the country, like that. No, we're all the same. We got the same problem. Everything is always in disguise. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. So brother, brother Kamari, tell him real quick before we, you know, have to sign off. What does your name mean? Kamari. Well, from when I researched it, it meant the moon. So, just the lunar phases, that peace, that bringing good energy and putting out better energy. Right. Mm. Something celestial, the moon. Right. Yeah, yeah. This is a good brother. This is a good brother. Right? I, I, I can tell you got good spirit. Yeah, you're going to beat somebody. You're going to beat somebody, Oba. You got to have a spirit within you. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's been consistent. I, I like that brother. Right. I like so, before we sign off, tell us, how can we get in touch with you? How can we come to see some... Oh, tell them about the Lancaster Avenue Jazz Festival, too. Okay. Well, I'm the curator from Lancaster Avenue Jazz Festival for the last 10 years. Wait, 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 Kamara, you should come through there. Listen to him. Go ahead. That's going to be on July, July 15th. But also, I'm at a, a free concert day before at um, $3,500 Lancaster Avenue. That's my own personal concert where I pick my own own people would come and it's from five to ten. And oh, uh, right. but you can always reach me at like, my number two six seven six one nine six one nine five. And I'm gonna repeat that, repeat that, repeat that brother. Repeat that number. Two six seven six one five six one nine six one nine five. You can reach okay. me. I'm, I'm, on, I'm on Facebook. Neil Gadsden. You can reach me there. 
Uh, you can talk to um, Brother Nazim. He knows how to reach me. Yes, sir. All right. All right, well, I want to thank you for this interview, talking about family life and music in our village, Philly style. Philly style. That's your family. Your family's influences. Thank you very much. Thank you. Everybody loves Philly, trust me. We know it all over the world. They want to know what's Philly. Who's Philly? What's Philly all about? Thank you to Pop Pop Grow, something in a special guest today. Brother Oba Leo Gats, and we're coming up on a commercial break. When we come back, the arc will be right back with Brother Kamari, Sister Rhonda, and the Youth World Warriors. Stay tuned. Peace. Want the latest in word swag? Check out the shop tab on wordradio.com. Hoodies, tees, and more in a variety of colors. It's the shop tab on wordradio.com. You can look good and show the world that you're all about black talk media. Hey, Philly, let's keep everyone healthy so we can get back to doing what we love this summer. Going to barbecues, block parties, and other outdoor events. If you're feeling sick or were exposed to someone who has COVID-19, get tested to make sure you're safe. Testing is available for the whole family, ages six months and up, at no cost to you. Testing is provided by Personic Healthcare Monday through Saturday at the Apple Pavilion at St. Christopher's Hospital for Children. For details, visit COVIDphila.com or call 888-349-6980. Jeff Brown, as you know by now, is a grocer who used his ShopRite supermarkets to address food deserts. His stores now feed about a quarter of all Philadelphians. More, Jeff started a program to hire the formerly incarcerated. His stores employ over 500 returning citizens. Jeff's solution became a national model for combating a food crisis and poverty. During COVID, when city government shut down, Jeff Brown raised money to support over 1,100 small businesses. He kept neighborhoods alive, from barbershops to our pre-K centers. Jeff Brown gives away numerous community gifts every year, from computer centers across the city to basketball courts for the youth. On Thanksgiving, he provides thousands of turkeys to help feed families across Philadelphia. So vote. Vote early. Together we can fight back. Jeff Brown is the mayor we need to change things and make our city safe and healthy again. Paid for by Jeff Brown for mayor. Wait a minute. Take a breath and breathe in positivity. Here are words of joy and empowerment from Word Radio. Black Women by Gwendolyn Brooks. Sisters, where there is cold silence, no hallelujahs, no hurrahs at all, no handshakes, no neon red or blue, no smiling faces, prevail. Prevail across the editors of the world who are obsessed, self-honeying, and self-crowned in the seduced arena. It has been a hard trudge with fainting, bandaging, and death. There have been startling confrontations. There have been tramplings. Tramplings of monarchs and of other men. But there remain large countries in your eyes, shrewd sun. A civil balance, the listening secrets, and you create and train your flowers still. I'm Delilah Wilson-Scott. This joy and empowerment vignette was brought to you by Comcast. Yeah!
Celebrating 20 years of progressive black talk media. We're bringing joy and power to the people. This is WURD, 900 AM and 96.1 FM, Philadelphia. Streaming online at wordradio.com and the Word Radio app. Groundings with Brother Shamari right now on Word Radio and wordradio.com. Is there a doctor in the house? Maybe. But I do know if you want to be a doctor, you're in the right place. This is your time. This is the second hour of the ark where we connect the wisdom of the elders with the ambition and the aspiration of our young people. And this evening, word warrior, Brother Kamari and Sister Rhonda, they're going to interview a sister. Then, if y'all not understanding what we do here on the ark, let me make it clear. Every conversation you're going to hear every week is about the people who are making things happen, not waiting for them to happen. If there's a need, these are the people who figured out how to fill and address that need. If there's a want or a desire, we talk to the people who make things happen. Young, old, brother, sister, elder, young person, it does not matter. If black people are making it happen, we talk to them here on the ARC. So here we go. We have an interview with the sisters who, who is helping. Future black and brown doctors make more informed choices about their career path moving forward. She created her own black and brown pre-med academy. Brother Kamari, Sister Rhonda, take it away. Thank you, Shamari. Thank you, Brother Shamari. First of all, I would like to say thank you for Kamari for coming in. Kamari has a family situation. But he still came in to do the interview. I wasn't expecting it, and I greatly appreciate it. And it should. That, that's going to get you far, my brother. That's going to get you far. So thank you very much. Um, before we, well, I'm going to introduce her. And then we're going to go take a call. Because we got a call from Mama Zinga that we've been putting on hold. But let me introduce her. German C. Williams is the organizer of the Black and Brown Pre-Med Academy. The Academy's purpose is to help future doctors of color chart their medical school and post-medical school plans. If you have any comments or questions, you can call 215-634-8065 or toll-free at 866-361-0900. You can also watch live and chat with us and other Word Warriors at Word TV on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Um, Kamari, how are you doing today? I'm good, Rhonda. How are you? I'm doing well. Jermise, I love your name. Where did that name come from? Thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here. So my name, Jermise, it means, I've been told that it means a magic maiden. And it is a combination of two names. My mom made up part of it uh, back in the day. I was born in the 70s. And my father had a crush on a newswoman. Her name was similar to mine. And so my mom said, you know what, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to name my daughter Jermise. So I've been told it means a magic maiden. And if I could give you the story of my life, which I will not <laughs> at this time, uh, that name rings true because magical things have happened throughout my life. So yes, Jermise, 
Williams, a magic maiden, and I am happy, so happy to be here. And I want to also really quickly give honor to my elders in the spirit of Groundlings, in the spirit of the Brother Shamari show. I want to give honor in particular to my great cousin, Irene. My mother is 79 years old, so this is my mother's cousin. I, I have been listening to WRD, WRD formerly WHAT, I'm really showing my age now, for years, I'd be in the backseat of my cousin Irene's car and she'd always have one WHAT and I would say, why do we have to listen to talk radio? Can we listen to music? And she would say, you're not going to learn nothing listening to no music. You need to learn what's going on in your city. And I am 51 years old, and I listen to WRD every day, multiple times a day. So I'm going to give honor to my cousin Irene. I called her before this interview, asked for permission to speak in the, in the format of Groundlings. And she is thrilled, and she is listening, and she is happy that the seed she planted in me years ago has come to pass. I'm getting all choked up just listening to that. I'm getting choked up. You hear that, Madeline Dunn? See, see how we do it over here at Groundings? Always honoring the elders. Yes, yes, yes. That's awesome. Okay, um, we're going to go to Mama Nzinga because she's been holding on for a long time. Hi, Mama Nzinga. How are you today? Oh, I'm so blessed. You have some wonderful young people coming in on the air. Kamari is his name? Word yes, radio. Kamari. Okay. How do you feel about jazz, Kamari? Have you been into the music at all? Have you ventured into that type of music? I've never thought about playing jazz, but I do enjoy listening to jazz from time to time. I do enjoy, I have a couple of friends who enjoy jazz or go to jazz contests and so I do enjoy jazz listening to it. I've never thought of it as a profession. But what does it make you feel like? In a in a calming space, serene, even um, historical, positive, empowered. Wow. The word. It, 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 does it make you feel creative? I don't usually listen to jazz when I'm in a creative mood. Okay. Uh, but when I do hear it, it makes me it makes me want to just be relaxed and listen to it all night. Like I know I went to a jazz night at my school, and it was just so nice, and it was just mm -hmm. a warm environment, and it made me wanna, it made me want to get up and sing. You know, I don't do that in public often, but it made me want to get up and sing. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah! So definitely check out Leo Gaston. And uh, Oba, as we call him, Oba King, and his um, his jazz festival. Uh, but I did want to say, the um, my teacher Harrison Ridley Jr. from Tassif over at Temple, he used to say it's African classical music. So, which is our backbeat, you know, it's it's just a wonderful event. Uh, you know, venue. It's just a wonderful genre of music. And, and and it comes from the screams, the hollers, the shouts of our people and the evolution of our people. That music, you know, we get the blues and then we go into jazz. Mm -hmm. So I'm just grateful that you're listening to it and that you're doing what you're doing. 
But I really admired you. And there was another young lady that was on with you before. And uh, yes. the Brianna, what's her name? Brianna. Mariana. She, Mariana. yes. But I thank you and keep doing a great job. And, and, and listen to, uh, you have a favorite jazz artist that you listen to? Um, so Ella Fitzgerald, obviously. Oh, wow. Dizzy Gillespie at some points. Yeah. Louis, Louis from time to time. Maybe even to go as far. I can't remember his name right now. Um, Miles Davis. Of Charlie Parker. Mama and Zinga. Yeah, Charlie Parker. Mama and Zinga, thank you for calling us and talking about jazz. And you know what? You know, when you give recommendations, we listen. So we will be at Leo's (laughs) Jazz Festival. You know that, right? Definitely. Okay. Because you get the best out of Philadelphia. A lot of these great musicians are from Philadelphia. Yes. Yes. Philly is its own thing. Okay? Great singer. Yes. God bless and continue on love life, love life. Thank you. Have a good night. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so Mama and Zinga, I love Mama and Zinga. We're going to your jazz fest, Leo, because Mama and Zinga said we had to. She said we need to go, so we're going to be there. Um, now, let's get back to pre-med. Now, what's it called again? Come on, tell us. Say it. Black and Brown Pre-Med Academy. Everyone follow me on Instagram at, at Black and Brown Pre-Med, or you can go to our website, www.blackandbrownpremed.com. Excellent. I'm going to turn this over to Kamari because he's the man. I'm just here listening and learning. Kamari, thank you so much. I'm excited to talk with you because you are the generation. You are the future. It is students like you, people like you in your network who may be interested in becoming a doctor or curious. And so it's the youth that that I'm really trying to reach out to. So I'm so honored that to speak with you today. So thank you. Well, thank you. And I'm honored that you are excited to speak to me. That makes me feel special. So my first question would be how will joining the black and brown pre-med academy help those young what will, what will it help those young people achieve yeah great question so you know what let me start with what inspired me to get into this work so i'm a lifelong educator i've taught in taught kindergarten to fifth grade in philadelphia for 10 years then i transitioned into higher education recruiting for a medical school in Philadelphia. And so I I traveled for seven years. So I traveled the country as far as California, is way up the East Coast, is, is Boston, Connecticut. So I traveled the country talking to black and brown students about medical school. So undergraduate students, pre-med students who want to get into medical school. And no matter where I went, I found that there was a resounding frustration. I heard story after story from students who didn't know how to navigate the path to medicine they either didn't know what was required they were interested they wanted to be a doctor but they didn't you know how like how do i do this where do i start they may have gone to a high school that wasn't a college prep type high school so when they entered into undergrad they were very unprepared for the rigor of the sciences that you have to take in your your first starting your first year of of college and 
they also would say to me that they lack support from their pre-health advisors who would advise them, well, maybe you should be a teacher or maybe you should be a nurse. Maybe medicine is not for you, right? Because they weren't feeling successful in those courses. So hearing story after story about that, I just, honestly, I got frustrated and fed up and I, I became angry, right? It's like, who are these people to tell people who look like me that they can't become physicians, that they're not good enough, smart enough, don't know enough, whatever. It has to be some way I can help them because I'm on the inside and I know what's going on, right? So I've been in those admissions committee rooms and I know what they're talking about around the table. And so it's almost like if you have a mentor that sort of pulls you to the side and coaches you before your interview, listen, say this to this question or dress like this or, you know, get involved in this organization because it's going to help you. I decided that I'm, I'm going to be the behind the scenes advocate for these students. So what students will get from working with me is they will get someone who has an intimate knowledge of the struggles that black and brown students face when they apply to medical school, when they, even before applying to medical school, when they become an undergraduate student, either undeclared or science major, you know, in, you know, in your freshman year, they'll get someone who understands that the intimate intimacies and the struggles of that journey. They'll get someone who works will work with them one-on-one -on -one to not only create their personal statement and everything else that they need for the application for medical school, but someone who will guide them along the journey before they even submit the medical school application. So when you're a freshman year, someone who will tell you like, listen, do not load up on all these heavy sciences. You need to pace yourself because if you're not successful the first year, you may become frustrated your advisor may tell you, oh, well, I don't think you're going to make it in medical school, you know, and may persuade you to do something else. So someone who's really going to keep you on pace, keep you on track, knows the ins and outs, and is really there to support you. And not only that, I want to see more doctors, more black and brown doctors, more people who look like me, because I'm you know, becoming of the age where I'm seeing a doctor more and healthcare is important. And I want to see someone who looks like me who has the cultural competency to, to treat me. So someone who's on your side, that's that's one thing that they will get. And I completely agree with it. I recently just saw a statistic. I don't remember where I saw it, but they were saying that it's typical that when black and brown people go into a doctor's office or go into a hospital where they are treated by someone of a black and brown um, ethnicity as their primary caretaker they get better results, they get treated better, they leave with less ailments and less Absolutely. issues and that Absolutely. is already a statistic because there's roughly like a, a thousand, a thousand that graduate from the class maybe Listen, studies have shown, and it is true, that health outcomes for black and brown people are directly improved, right, when they receive care from someone who looks like them, someone who has a cultural competency, who knows the food that they eat, who knows the types of music they listen to, who knows about the stories that are passed down and sort of cultural traditions and can say, you know what? I want you to go ahead and, and have your collard greens, but how about you make it with vegetable broth instead of, you know, putting pork in it or something like that. And there's a level of empathy that comes when we treat someone who is, who looks like us, right? So we have that historical.
historical knowledge. And let me be clear, that is not to say that people who aren't black, physicians who aren't black don't have empathy and don't have a level of cultural awareness. But again, the research is there to prove that health 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 outcomes for people who look like us are greatly improved when we are treated by people who look like us. So what is the age range of your participants? Yeah, so I prefer, honestly, to work with students when they're, if they're interested in medicine, maybe middle school, they have an interest in high school, they're really great in science. Soon as they, as soon as they start college, if students reach out to me and say, listen, this is my class list for, you know, my first semester, what do you think? Am I overloading? You know, I, I can work with them during the undergraduate years, but I also work with students who are non-traditional. I work with full-grown adults, as my daughter would say, a whole per, a whole grown adult, like a whole adult. So I work with students who are in their 30s who have been out of undergraduate school for a few years. Maybe they have taught school or worked in corporate for a few years and decided that now is the time for them to pursue their dream and they want to go to medical school, but they've been away from all those sciences. And so they'll come to me and say, so what do I do? What do I need to do to submit a medical school application? And so I'll work with them to sort of map that out for them. Okay. So what is the difference between a DO and an MD? Yeah, great question. So I just, so uh, for your listeners, every Monday I host um, a Med School Monday uh, live. It's well, it's on Zoom, and I post it on YouTube. And recently, on Monday, we interviewed an assistant director from PCOM, uh, Alexa Viola, who is assistant director of admissions for for sorry for Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine. So, Dio, when you go see your doctor, and it says you know Jane Doe, comma, and then behind the name it says Dio, that means that, that they are a doctor of osteopathic medicine right and if you go see jane doe and she has an md that means that she's a doctor of i'm sorry allo, 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 right allopathic medicine so md is allopathic medicine do is osteopathic medicine both are doctors they they learn the same at the core they learn the same things however if you go to an do an osteopathic doctor they have a different philosophy it's more of the the philosophy is a little different so they believe that the body can heal itself and an osteopathic doctor when in medical school they'll learn different body manipulations to help the body heal itself so for instance if you go to a do doctor and you have a migraine that physician may manipulate your head and neck to alleviate the migraine or do something, you know, around your face or around your nose area to help alleviate your sinuses. But other than that, right, they, they all go, they apply through the same application system to attend medical school. They have the same types of residency. So you can be a DO surgeon, you could be DO plastic surgeon, family physician. The only difference is the philosophy and then the practice. So a DO may do body manipulation, whereas an MD will write you a prescription. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Because I've seen that difference before. So I know usually like when my grandparents was growing up where my mom and my aunt first started studying in the medical field, they was 
they would tell us like, oh, if you got like a sinus headache or something, put your, put your thumbs on the back of your head and push up to release all that tension in the back. And then I would be like, that ain't gonna work. And then I did it one time with my sinus treatment and I was fine. So I definitely see that difference often. So that leads me into the next question of, do you find a lot of pre-med students that are not really clear on their choice of DO or MD? So, you know, the first part about medical school is getting your requirements together to apply, right? So you need to have, you need to be strong in your sciences. So biology, chemistry, biochemistry, some medical schools require physics that, you know, to take physics and then your gen ed. So like your English, your foreign language and those sorts of things, right? So you really need to be a strong student. When it comes to determining if you want to apply to an MD or DO school, it really depends on your personality, your personal philosophy about health and wellness, and what you want to do. So I want to, elim- I want to eliminate, because there's a myth that goes around like, well, if I don't get into an MD school, I'm going to apply, apply to a few DO schools as a backup. That is not so because DO schools have the same strict, vigorous requirements as an MD school. So where you know you thought you're probably shortcutting or yeah, I'm gonna you know I'm going to have this backup plan. If you do not want to be a doctor of osteopathic medicine, do not apply to a DO school. So it all depends on what you're what you're interested in. So to give you an example, I work with a student who her father was suffering from dementia and she would go weekly to a place called the dementia cafe or no i'm sorry the memory cafe i believe it's located in new jersey and they tell stories they listen to music and just working with her she told me so much about the care not medical right but the care outside of traditional medicine right the the holistic care that was given to her father to enhance you know, his remaining years, telling, retelling stories, playing songs, those sorts of things. And I just got a, a sense. I said, you know what? I really think that you'd be great at a deal school. I think that that would really help you because you have such, you have a foundation. You understand that there are other ways of healing besides a prescription. And she did, she applied, uh, it was, she was waitlisted, but then she got called into to this uh, DO school, you know, which was phenomenal. And it was such a great fit for her. And so it all depends on how you want to practice medicine. And again, you may go to a surgeon who went to DO school and that surgeon may not manipulate your body, right? They may just, you know, you'll go under anesthesia and it'll be surgery as usual. But it's that layer of knowledge that a a doctor of osteopathic medicine is trained in and and knows. So it all depends on on what you want. But I tell students, it's really important to know yourself and do not apply to DO school as a backup plan. Excellent. 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 I am going to stop y'all because we got to go to break. And when we come back, we got Rick on the line from Germany. See, got somebody from Germany to talk to you on the line. And wow. also, and also, when we come back, I want you to explain what the MCAT is. And I also want to know is, do you have to take sciences to go to med school? So we're going to go to commercial. The art will be right back. This is the story of a very special woman. 
In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces. Just by giving her a bear hug, she masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. You know, you know I still you gotta ask that. You know you gotta ask that. I want you, you to be on the air. You gotta ask that. AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources, at aarp.org/caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Here's what you missed on the word. Joining us now is Attorney Damon Tyner. He's a former Atlantic County prosecutor. We're talking about the case of an 85-year-old white man who shot a black teen when that teen came to the man's front door in Kansas City, Missouri, last week. The teen was looking for his twin brothers. The young man was 16 years old. His name is Ralph Yarl, and he is now recovering at home. So he got charged with assault. He didn't get charged with, with attempted murder? I don't know what went into the decision-making in this case to not charge attempted murder. I would suspect that maybe the, the district attorney out there didn't feel that he had the intent. You know, from the little bits of pieces that have come out, they've said that, you know, he thought someone was trying to break into his home. He was afraid. But then you start hearing other stories and other things that uh, as you unpeel that onion, he actually had eyes on him and saw who it was mm -hmm. and directly and, and intentionally fired a shot, two shots at this young man. Not only did he hit him in his head, he stood over him apparently and fired a shot into his abdomen. Tune in to Wake Up His Word with Solomon Jones every Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Only on WURD. Progressive Black Talk Media. Did you know Henry Oswatana, the first internationally known African-American painter, lived and studied right here in Philadelphia? As the first black student admitted to the prestigious Pennsylvania Academy of the Fine Arts, Tana broke barriers with his innovative new paintings and influenced generations of artists around the world. To find out more about the efforts to preserve his legacy and North Philadelphia childhood home, visit thetannerhouse.org, a message from the friends of the Tanner House. Word Radio is happy to provide our listeners with the opportunity to participate in contests and win prizes. This is a reminder of our contest rules. All participants must be 18 years of age or older. Depending on the contest, persons may win only one prize from the radio station per contest for every 30-day period. Some contests might also specify one winner per household or company. Prizes must be claimed within 14 days or by 12 noon, the day before the event, whichever is soon, and must be accepted as is or forfeited. The radio station employees and their immediate relatives, sponsor employees and their immediate relatives, live remote sponsor employees and their immediate relatives, and any other media employee are ineligible to win prizes. Thank you for participating and for listening to WURD, Progressive Black Talk Media. Groundings with Brother Shamari right now on Word Radio and WordRadio.com. And we, the ARC is back. Um, 
we had a, we have a question from one caller and then we have another caller line. Let's go to Rick from Germany first. Rick, what's on your mind? I will make it quick. Um, it's a comment. Uh, Brother Shamari used a $5 word on his show Friday talking about palliative care. Care that seeks to ease you in your disease, but not cure or treat properly your disease. And I would just like to say to the young lady that many allopathic medical professionals in the Western world are conditioned and trained not to criticize people on their food intake. They are not educated on nutrition and So, good evening. It is 11.41 and it is April the 18th. And it is 2023. And I feel that as an American citizen, you know, the empowering thing and what you people just really don't talk about is they don't show up. And when you don't show up, Nothing's going to happen for you. As everybody knows, a closed mouth can't get fed. But let's just be serious. When we, as American citizens, understand that somewhere in one of them southern states, a man was eaten alive by bedbugs in a jail cell. And I'm saying, well, how could that have earthly even happened? Because we have jails to incarcerate people, not to abuse them. And that is a level of abuse that I'm still not trying to wrap my brains around. And then when I, as an individual, I am 64. Lions, tigers, and bears, oh my. And that is a reality because... They will do everything not to bring about harm to an animal. But let's just talk about Michael Vick for one moment, because he was a football player and perhaps did not understand what his people were doing on his property. But he damn sure went down when they decided he was going to go down. Maybe because he had been in a contract that they didn't want to pay him for or something, but some shit went down. I don't know what went down. But I find it amazing that Michael Jackson is no longer here. But when they say we're not going to celebrate Michael Jackson, and I'm saying, and who are you? Because you don't represent what he did. And for the people who look like me, it's just an amazing thing he was able to accomplish in his whole family, actually. But when the system will allow the industry, to tell the parents what they didn't have an access and were not going to do with their child. And I'm saying, okay, <laughs> really? So you were going to tell us that we somehow were not going to listen to Kanye West, and, and quite frankly, whatever he said, he I look at it this way. He's still a child. And he said he has a disability. And it has to do with language and the way he communicates. I hate to tell you that. 
But, you know, when people are in the spectrum, it's just what it is. And they're rather, you know, there are people that just don't have a lot of expression in what they say. And just trying to get the words out. But it is what he sees. And it's very disgusting what I see. I mean, hell, everybody got to take their clothes off in front of the camera. And I'm just trying to understand what the hell's going on. But for the level of abuse in these little shorts, on these little videos or whatever, and it's to the level of abuse, what I don't understand. Because I couldn't live around that level of negativity all the time. And the deal is, is that if it's got to be that way, it ain't got to be no way at all. And we should just eliminate marriages and just make unions or responsibilities. But quite frankly, when a judge gets involved and moves a child out of the other parents, whatever, removed. But then this child hit the child so hard, the child hemorrhaged and died. And I just can't, I mean, that really just affected me. Because he should have loved his son. But it affected me that he would hurt the child because he didn't want the child to socialize with the mother. And I'm saying, this is 2023. I guess we ain't talking no more. So, and I understand this thing, because I can tell you I had three baby daddies, and two are not here anymore. But that was the new choices of my own. They had their own life, and they made their own choices in life. And that's just the way it is. And I'm living my life. And my children are surviving through whatever. And trials and tribulations as we continue this journey. But I'm going to tell you, as an American citizen, I am proud to be who I am. I'm just an American. But I show up. And my children in public school, they did not fail. So I look at that 88% of the population of Negro children out there in whatever juvenile facility that they are running here in Nevada. And as the black people don't understand the number of children that are, they're just turning out, it's like they're tricking them. It's some insanity. It's the most insane shit that I have ever seen as children are not making progress in the public school system. And you can see their behavior outside of the school district. And actually, these people don't even want to teach them no more. It's got to be something different. And people need to be able to climb up that ladder. But the ladder has to exist. It is just, of course, my perspective. You know, it's my prerogative. Because <laughs> I'm going to do what I want to do. And that's just real. So, until we meet again... I will say like, subscribe, and share. God damn, how hard is it to get a subscriber on your channel? Well, you have to understand. I knew when I took on this responsibility of parenting, and I knew who I was. And I believe I'm an exit chainer. And I also believe that all of my children are successful. And I believe that I found the resources necessary to ensure adequacy for my children. And I promise you, the 88% of Negro children out there in the juvenile facility here in Clark County, well, they didn't know. 
and they are unaware. And, you know, black people seem to want to make a stigmatism, some kind of stigma. I was listening to the urban, um, what was it, the National Chamber of Commerce or something? What was it? I forget what it was. They had this thing, and black people just really understand. You know, we have all these powerful tools that are sitting at our feet. And, well, goddamn, if you can't reach out and teach one, you can't empower anybody to make a change because black people just, well, they're not only black people, those people just don't vote anymore. So they don't realize they continue to pay the salaries and benefits of the people who ain't doing shit either. And so nobody cares anymore. But people are actually freezing on the street. And hell, did you hear on the news this morning? They say somewhere in Texas got parasites in the water. <laughs> parasites in the running water. They tell people not to bathe it. It's worms. Like, ooh, whatever. But it what really took the cake. And what pushes me out here tonight is just thinking about the man that was eaten alive by bedbugs, and he had only been arrested. He was not found guilty of any charges. He was being detained, boo. Hello. Who are we in America? Well, the word is, e purpose, you know, many, there's one, but out of one, there may be none. What are you willing to do in 2023? Like, subscribe, and follow me, and share. Please just share. Thank you so much, and have a blessed evening. Understand me when I say that life has just changed. In reality, you don't know what you used to know. And people are busy, busy, busy trying to document that shit is happening, and it's not. And it's so unfortunate that we have to determine what's happening for us as a people, and we're not doing enough because there's no measurement of maintenance that's not happening. We do see the lack in the community because we all understand what has happened to these young people that have no skills that actually damage their children or end their children's lives. It's like, it's like that is not a punishment enough. No, you wish to incarcerate. And what are you incarcerating for? Because there are no lessons learned here. They would like to give people who have alcoholism as a disease because it is a disease. It is something that when people are drinking and alcoholics, well, they cannot control their intake because it affects them differently than others. And I'm saying, okay, even if we know the science behind the bullshit, we're not honoring the work as there is no honor to any of the work. And everybody just doesn't have access. And what is access? And it's so unfortunate that you don't know what I know. But I know what I know. That's why my children are successful. And there is a reason behind my success. And it really depends on how you see it, boo. <laughs> because just because I don't have to be on doing whatever it is you're doing simply because it makes no sense to me. And when I look at people who don't know the way, well, I certainly understand what's going on. But given an opportunity, I promise you, 
That is something that they would do. It is something that they would choose to do. And this is the anchor side of my Spotify program, which is not, it won't let me, it won't let me podcast on the other side. But then they told me I can't earn anything over here. But it really doesn't matter because it wasn't about the earnings that I began this journey in the first place. It was because of the lack in the community and because of all them children out there in the Black Mountain with the 88% of overpopulation of Negro children in the juvenile facility, which is a partnership of somebody who would like to do good. But it's so unfortunate because I can't see what is considered the maintenance of effort. And when I know the ability to go through the system and understand that it can be a benefit, but you don't know it, and it is a curse, just as there is zero accountability for the use of federal dollars simply because, you know, you people just don't show up. You're not, y'all think you can do it on your own. Yes, you can. But you have to be a part of the process. You have to be doing the work just like everybody else. Why is it that we don't know the numbers for the number of children who are going to be needing early access and the location of those children? That's why the Biden-Harris administration just made it mandatory, not based on income, that early start begin for all three-year-olds. And then there's still... Because there ain't enough seats, boo. Your ass ain't coming to the table. And I'm sorry. I've always been at the table. And I know what is being served, so I do not have to ask permission. And as I understand the criticalness of the redetermination of, you know, the American black, you know, whatever, you know, that slavery lineage kind of thing it made a difference because people who come here from other countries like Ghana and you know all of those African countries yes they're just lumped in with us because they're doing well it is assumed that we're doing well but it is unfortunate because well it ain't happening and as it is not happening Who's obligate? Well, I thought you knew that it was you. And as you don't know what I know, and you don't see what I see, I suggest that you subscribe to my podcast so you can learn a little bit because I'm not going to put it in a goddamn book. Not when we have opportunity to engage in this conversation and build, it's called capacity building across our nation. Well, the real deal is, well, the real Al Sharpton is on and I'm about to go. But y'all, have a blessed day. e privilege, no matter many there's one, but I don't want there may be none. But what are you willing to do in 2023? Like, subscribe, share, and follow me. This is DA saying, peace out. Yes, I'll say good morning, good morning once again. And we're going to talk about services for <clears throat> high school dropouts this morning. 
So when people get comfortable, they can come on in. All right. Because it's it, it's apparent to me that so many people are just not connected. And I was trying to understand why, but then I saw, I saw why. As I was raising my sons, there was a number of children who just didn't make it. And they just didn't, they just stopped coming. But you understand that the oversight for local control comes from the district attorney and the district attorney's all into the business of the people who received that aid, that aid. And some of these people just never made it. But there's no program that I've seen that's been developed that will allow a person to climb up out of the pit as the pit truly just exists. So let's just review some of these programs, shall we? Okay. Table one, selected rigorous evaluation programs for high school dropouts, work progress, work programs, the national support work demonstration, 17 to 20 year olds, school, high school dropouts, one of four target groups, paid work experience with graduate stress, meaning that if you're a graduate from school, you can get paid work experience and claim that, um, people can claim that on their taxes. But they say they have 861 youth at five different sites, and this is nationwide, I guess. Large increase in employment initially, but no lasting impacts for youth in the target group. That's what it said. Youth incentive entitlement pilot projects, 1977 to 1981. 16 to 19-year-olds to from low-income families who had not graduated from high school. Guaranteed part-time and summer jobs conditioned on school attendance. I mean, you had to go to school. There were 82,000 youth at 17 different sites. And, and large short-term increases in employment, no impact on school outcomes. All right, the American Conservation and Youth Corps Services, whatever, 1993, it was created in 1993, y'all, and to 1996, mostly 18 to 25-year-olds. Oh, you know, I could probably just let the computer read these two pages, but I'll just continue. Um, Out-of-school youth kids who had dropped out, 18 to 25. Paid work experience, community service projects, education and training support services. It, it affected 1,009 youth at four different sites. Increase in employment, decrease in arrests, and particularly for African-American males, short-term follow-up. So that one, the American Conservation Corps, really helped black young African-Americans. Now, <clears throat> let's just, it's another section here. Education and training programs, jobs start, 1985 to 1993, 17 to 21-year-olds, high school dropouts, low reading levels, meaning that they don't have to have a high reading level, education and training support services, job placement and assistance, it affected 23,000, 2,300 youth at 13 different sites, increase in GED recipients, few impacts on labor market outcomes though except for CTE sites. You know, CTE is really, you know, I don't know what it is. It has to do with technology, I believe, but it's training. But anyway, National Training Partnership Partnership Act out of school youth and analysis, 1987 to 1994, disadvantaged youth from 16 to 21, 
eight-year-olds out of school youth, kids who had dropped out. It's just a program that, that, that exists, and I'm just trying to tell you. They have the Job Corps. They have the Center for Employment, the CTE. What is that? Replication, 1995 to 1999. Disadvantage and out-of-school youth from 16 to 21. But, I mean, you know, but you're kind of losing your youth if you don't get this before you turn 22. I mean, what's going to help you get on on the right track? And, And that's what my question would be to each and every one of you. If you have not graduated from high school, what is you waiting for, boo? <laughs> but, you know, if you didn't make that choice to engage in the process in education, and you only have a high school diploma, the objective for you to participate in the public service sector is real. How do you exercise your citizenship is the question. As most people don't even understand, you know, Jay King's on in the morning. Jay King's on every morning in Sacramento. I like him, but then I don't because he talks a lot of ignorance. And he, and But he's they made him the person over the Black Chamber of Commerce after Aubrey Stone died. And he hasn't even changed Aubrey's taking Aubrey's name off of the emails that go out for recruitment for whatever. But, you know, he's a businessman. He's a musician is what he is. And uh, I forget which group he represents. But if you go see him, he's on 97.5 in Sacramento. That's that radio station. Hey. And we have 88.1. But, you know, it doesn't matter if we have black radio stations, black media. It doesn't matter because black people from state to state do not unite in America. And what's happening in one state could be happening in another state, but not necessarily so. And that's because black people do not unite. And it's it's unfortunate that there are all these national organizations like the NAACP, I would say, and the Urban League and the... And the Black Chamber of Commerce, whatever. What do you call this? Yvette Williams is over it. But it really doesn't matter. She used my membership for one year. And then she let me get on stage and have one conversation so she could position the uh, superintendent to, to break her some leverage. Because the law is the law. And I'm sorry, so many people don't understand what the law says. But it's just like, what's his name said? I am the law. And he was the law until he had an outside chick in the house and had an outside baby in the house and was raising his child right alongside his other children until the truth be told. Started looking too much like the daddy. (laughs) And oh Lord, people just had a problem with it and so did she. So you know, Arnold moved on but he didn't lose status, meaning that the baby didn't go out with the bathwater, boo. But in America, in America, when they can use the media to paint you a horrifying person. I watched them do that shit with Bill Cosby, and I watched them do that shit with R. Kelly, and then I watched them do that shit with, yay, Kanye West. Now, these are all black men and heavy and heavily influential. But on, around R. Kelly, it was only the testimonies, the testimonies of the hearsay of the bags of money being exchanged. 
and she didn't find no even exchange. She didn't understand what was going on, but they all testified to him giving bags of money. That's why his ass is sitting in the penitentiary. He got he got federal charges for racketeering, boo, <laughs> for not paying his goddamn taxes. Do you not understand this shit in America? Because the whole thing is, is that, you know, until you make money, you're good. But once you make some money, well, you got to figure out what the fuck you're going to do with that money. And you, and it's going to be your obligation to figure out what the fuck to do with that money and invest it back in your community, boo, so that you can leverage your support that you are giving to the community and do what with it? Leverage, leverage, leverage. Leverage is everything. As I understand just who I am in America, and maybe you don't, the deal is... The word was always going to be ye purpose. You know, man, many there's one. <laughs> but out of one, there may be none. And if you ain't on the list, boo, you ain't getting no services. And that's just that's just the way it is. Yeah. Things will always be what they are until they are not. And the real reality is, is that when your printer starts making noise, well hell, everybody is joining in the game. I I'm not printing anything, but apparently it's it's notifying everybody about what I'm printing because it wants to think like I think. <laughs> and that will never happen. Because in order to be where I am, well, you will have just had to experience some things in life. And I just know far too many people were never in the room. So I can be in the room here all by myself. And you don't ever have to log in. But I still know what's happening because I've been to the table. You know, if you've been to the mountaintop and you've seen what you've seen, but still, you're the only one up there. No worries, because ain't nobody else coming. And therein lies the dilemma with the black man and the decision on how to determine how they will fund federal support for Negroes who have been enslaved. Well, well, how do they measure the maintenance of effort for you? I don't know. Because across this nation, it seems to be just fine that black children are failing. How are they analyzing failure in America? And what's... I mean, how can you have a fucking national plan to end homelessness if you ain't created a way for people to sustain themselves outside of whatever. Because, you see, in Europe it's just different. That's right. I lived in Italy as an adult. I lived in Japan as a child. And we lived in Texas as a child. I lived in California as a child and an adult. And I can here to testify, I just want to testify that life is the same no matter where you are. It matters to who you are with and your relationships that you continue. Because you ain't got to be in somebody's face every day to know them or support them or share with them. You may not have talked to them in 20 years, but they're still the same person as you remembered. But 
let's just accept that in America, as a people, as a black people, we are not measuring or monitoring, and we are not complaining enough about what it is we see. How is it that a black man would be incarcerated for an infraction of the law, not proven guilty, yet and still be condemned to die from neglect and abuse? And the people in America not talk about it because he was a black man. National news, what the fuck is really going on when people are being eaten alive by bedbugs, by bedbugs, and the bites in the eyeballs, and the bites in the nose. And it is not like he was found unresponsive on its own. It is that he was found unresponsive in a condition that he could not escape. And therein lies the troubles of where I live today, because I cannot escape what I have learned that has happened here in Nevada in the four years, in just the four years that I have been here, that I lost my mother in the nursing home. And believe me, on the day that she died, I went to see her, because I was getting my new phone then too, this 14 that doesn't really work. But uh, I saw her in the condition and my brother was holding her And she was telling me she just couldn't do it anymore. And I told her I loved her and I just can't see her like this. Because I know when she was at home, she wasn't suffering like she was suffering there. And my mother would have wanted and needed me to be there day and night. She asked me to be there day and night. But at that time, it was a lot. And I just couldn't do it. I got the flu. And for three days, I didn't see her. And I know that she thought I had abandoned her. But I know that she knew that I loved her and I did everything I could do to keep her living. So, you know, my mother had lost 40 pounds when they had her in the nursing home the first time. And she was underweight and her body had really started to, you know, deteriorate. And and I realized that and I had to figure out how to get some nutrition to her. And we did. But, you know, eating habits are really, really what they are. You know, greens and cornbread and chicken, fried chicken and ham and all the things that we grew up on not necessarily understanding that these things were not good for us as humans. And now we can look at other human beings. And I'm just really trying to understand what it is that I see on the computer Maybe that's why the concern is about TikTok, because it really shows the conditions of Americans. And I kind of like Facebook because, Nehemiah, thank you for joining us in the worship. It's today Sunday. (laughs) I thought it was. Sabbath was yesterday for me. And the deal is, is that, you know, you truly only know what you know, and you don't know what you don't know. And I don't know how you're going to do something on your own when you never completed anything that was established for you to complete. Meaning that the struggle is to understand that you have not been given 
individual attainment, meaning author—I mean, the ability to achieve anything. But what are we really talking about? You have to have a willingness to learn. You have to have a willingness to do the things that you've not done before. To understand that you want to get to where you would like to get to. And I'll just say, once again, in America, who are we? Bing, bing, bing. Human capital. And, you know, I can see that Facebook has taken my content several times. And, you know, they're getting sued. Meta, they're getting sued for people's content that they have stolen or whatever. I don't know. It's happening. It's a Facebook suit. Everybody should look into it. Really. Because when the money starts coming down, well, it's just going to start coming down. Rain on me. I want it to rain on me. That's what I wanted to do. Because no matter what I do out here in the ethos or out here in the land of liberty, I realize that I can choose to do whatever it is I'm doing. And choice is everything. And I can sit in my computer. I can sit in my backyard. I can be driving in my car. I could be walking and talking and reaching people to help them awaken and understand that the journey we are on is just a journey. And not everybody is on the train. Planes, trains, automobiles. But hell, if you locked in the room, you're just locked in the room without a vision and the ability to envision what the future looks like because nobody can say, uh-oh, you can't participate because boo, there's always a workaround. And the deal is that my Facebook page and my Facebook post, Darlene Billups, B-I-L-L-U-P-S, is my slave name, I'm sure. Anderson is my husband's name. But my given name is Darlene, Dartha Jean. That's how they was referring to me in the Southern and the Deep South. And the deal is, it doesn't really matter. Because I understand the power in showing up. And the power in advocacy. And the power in understanding just where you be in America. So we're going to have to use those assessments. We're going to have to use that data to demand and leverage where we would like to be. Because truly, who are you in America? What is it that you have chosen to do in 2023? Because it is our liberty that we can't justify anymore. Meaning that when Philando Castile was murdered, understand, it was reported back to the officer who was in fear of his safety, who probably should have really never got out of the car, but he was not charged. But he was murdered in front of a baby girl and a baby mama. And she wasn't, she didn't have him insured, but that was her life. And we didn't talk about how her life changed after that happened. Just like, you know, who is it? The woman who got shot in the bed with her man. I mean, put yourself in the bed with your man. 
and understand gunshots through the door. Really? What in heaven's name for? Was there a dangerous situation going on? I mean, all these investigations, investigations into data and shit, we know you know. We know you know. You're just trying to put the pictures and the pieces together, but to go in armed and to take life that night, what the fuck was really going on? More than meets the eye. There's always more than meets the eye. What about Michael Vick and them dog fights? Well, after Michael Vick was taken down for the dog fights, I don't think we heard about him anymore. But let's just understand that alcoholism and drug addiction is a problem. And Henry Ruggs probably had some narcissistic qualities which enabled him to accidentally take the life of someone but it was an accident it wasn't it wasn't intentional and instead of him atone allowing him to atone for the accident no they locked him up and made him a criminal where they were rewarding that aggressive behavior on the field and it was really their obligation to oversee it and to rebuild because I thought the Raiders left no man behind. But apparently, that is not the truth. (laughs) But of course, it is only my analysis and my perception, as everybody has a perception, just like everybody has an asshole. And everybody should be taking a shit about every day. But a lot of people don't. And they're walking around with that pot full of belly of shit. And then it starts to fester and fatten your ass up. And it's just real. As these are health conditions. And we realize the obesity problem in our in our communities. Yet still, we're not having these citywide conversations helping to build capacity to understand who's making it in the city. And who ain't? I saw a wonderful city performance by that mayor over there in New York. <laughs> mayor Adams, the black man with the bald head. Fine, fine, fine. But the deal is, he's all about the business. And he's all about allowing retraining to happen for the people who did not graduate in his city. I'm just telling you, that shit is about opportunity. And we're about to blow up over there. That is over there, not over here. Over here in Nevada, we ain't had no conversations about what's really going on. No. You want to put Joe in in office and Sheriff Joe Lombardo. And then you want to control the devices in people's homes and shut up, people. Shut up over there. God damn it. Didn't you hear me? I don't want to hear you. And so people were foolish enough to block my emails soon learned that when they put the red light on, that I could expose their ass because I'm just trying to share what I know about what they should be doing as they're not doing the work. But when they refuse to hear what I know, well, I guess when I went to their upper chain, they understood there's power in that damn forwarding right there, that right there. There's power in knowledge, and knowledge is what I do possess. So we're going to see... How long we gonna follow? Follow the yellow brick road. <laughs> follow the yellow brick road. Follow, 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 follow the yellow brick road. 
And then when you got behind there and you found out who was really behind the curtain, well, I'm looking for that man in the mirror. And when he stated his case, well, goddamn, he's not here anymore. But when Prince started talking about signing with title records, it was more than the gossip. It was an urgency, a fierce urgency of him who had created music that he didn't share with his original people, his original owners. Well, they took authority and they killed his ass. Everybody knows that he died from an allergic reaction from a drug that he had not taken before. And hello, how did he get it? But goddamn, we ain't talking about that shit. Nope. (laughs) Nope. Because they went in there right away to analyze and see what they had missed out on for those years that they that he had not shared with them. That he opened his fucking mouth. He should have kept it until after he signed with Title Records and they started doing business. But he spoke a little bit too soon and a lot of weakness. Well, hell, Bobby, Christina, and Whitney, I don't know. But I know that we only talking about the money as both accidental deaths we cannot atone for. Hell, we can't even atone to what Whitney's behavior was really. I mean, she was just all about partying, seriously. <laughs> to go in the same manner as your mama. Well, that just seemed a little bit too convenient. For the love of money, people will lie on their best friend. For the love of money, hey. I think we should find that song and do it. Do it on the way out because I'm getting ready to run. No, I don't want to put it on my on my podcast because then they might say I don't have access rights and it was just a song. But always understand once there was a boy and girl boy said I love you so The girl said, I'll never leave you. But they grew up and they left each other. And that's the way love goes, baby. And that's what usually happens in relationships that bear fruit. And it really doesn't matter. Because what matters is, did you learn that you are the overseer of the harvest? And whatever you're willing to put in, well, you can... Oh, a software update tonight. Isn't that amazing? They just want to know what you're doing when you're doing it. And they can't necessarily see everything from a device that does not have a... Well, this one doesn't have a chip in it anymore anyway. They just use... They just turn it on. It's just a... You go in there and they just put your little number in and then just said okay now you got free access but you still have to pay $25 like they're providing something providing shit but hell it's just a archway to the out here to the ethos out here to the real life to the world and as your reach becomes across the nation understand that it is only you And you're in charge of what it is that you're willing to do in America. So I can always say like, subscribe, and follow me out here on my podcast. On Spotify, not Anchor anymore. And I tried to sign up with Apple too, but 
I got stuck. They wanted me to put some kind of logo in. And I just got stuck for a minute. But I haven't had time. And I've just been so busy. But time is not on my side. I have time. But I don't. I'm not utilizing it correctly. So, you know, time is what it is. It's relevant in the accomplishments. But we all have to have a plan, boo. What's your plan in 23? I plan on being free. So I would say like, subscribe, and follow me out here on this podcast over here on Spotify. I'm going to end right over there. Yes, I'll say good morning, good morning once again. And we're going to talk about services for high school dropouts this morning. So when people get comfortable they can come on in all right because it's it it's apparent to me that so many people are just not connected and I was trying to understand why but then I saw I saw why as I was raising my sons there was a number of children who just didn't make it and they just did they just stopped coming but you understand that the oversight for local control comes from the district attorney and the district attorney's all into the business of the people who receive that aid, that aid. And some of these people just never made it. But there's no program that I've seen that's been developed that will allow a person to climb up out of the pit as the pit truly just exists. So let's just review some of these programs, shall we? Okay. Table one, selected Rigorous evaluation programs for high school dropouts. Work progress. Work programs. The National Support Work Demonstration. 17 to 20 year olds. School, high school dropouts. One of four target groups. Paid work experience with graduate stress. Meaning that if you're a graduate from school, you can get paid work experience and claim that um, people can claim that on their taxes. But they say they have 861 youth at five different sites, and this is nationwide, I guess. Large increase in employment initially, but no lasting impacts for youth in the target group. That's what it said. Youth incentive entitlement pilot projects, 1977 to 1981. 16 to 8 to 19 year olds from low income families who had not graduated from high school. Guaranteed part time and summer jobs conditioned on school attendance, meaning you had to go to school. There were 82,000 youth at 17 different sites. And, and large short term increases in employment, no impact on school outcomes. All right. The American Conservation and Youth Corps Services, whatever. 1993 was created in 1993, y'all. And to 1996. Mostly 18 to 25-year-olds. Oh, you know, I could probably just let the computer read these two pages, but I'll just continue. Um, Out-of-school youth, kids who had dropped out, 18 to 25. Paid work experience, community service projects, education and training support services. It, it affected 1,009 youth at four different sites. Increase in employment, decrease in arrests, and particularly for African American males, short term follow up. So that one, the American Conservation Corps, really helped black young African Americans. Now, 
let's just, it's another section here. Education and training programs. Jobs start 1985 to 1993. 17 to 21 year olds, high school dropouts, low reading levels, meaning that they don't have to have a high reading level. Education and training support services, job placement and assistance. It affected 23,000, 2300 youth at 13 different sites. Increase in GED recipients, few impacts on labor market outcomes though, except for CTE sites. You know, CTE is really, you know, I don't know what it is. It has to do with technology, I believe. It's training. But anyway, National Training Partnership Partnership Act out of school youth and analysis, 1987 to 1994, disadvantaged youth from 16 to 21 your olds out of school youth kids who had dropped out. It's just a program that 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 exists and I'm just trying to tell you. They have the Job Corps, they have the Center for Employment, the CTE what is that? Replication? Nineteen ninety five to nineteen ninety nine. Disadvantage and out of school youth from sixteen to twenty one. But I mean you know, but you're kinda of losing your youth if you don't get this before you turn twenty two. I mean, what's going to help you get on, on the right track? And, and that's what my question would be to each and every one of you. If you have not graduated from high school, what are you waiting for, boo? <laughs> but, you know, if you didn't make that choice to engage in the process in education, and you only have a high school diploma, the objective for you to participate in the public service sector is real. How do you exercise your citizenship is the question. As most people don't even understand, you know, Jay King's on in the morning. Jay King's on every morning in Sacramento. I like him, but then I don't because he talks a lot of ignorance. And he, and But he's they made him the person over the Black Chamber of Commerce after Aubrey Stone died. And he hasn't even changed Aubrey's, taken Aubrey's name off of the emails that go out for recruitment for whatever... But, you know, he's a businessman. He's a musician is what he is. And uh, I forget which group he represents. But if you go see him, he's on 97.5 in Sacramento. That's that radio station. Hey. And we have 88.1. But, you know, it doesn't matter if we have black radio stations, black media. It doesn't matter because black people from state to state do not unite in America. And what's happening in one state could be happening in another state, but not necessarily so. And that's because black people do not unite. And it's it's unfortunate that there are all these national organizations like the NAACP, I would say, and the Urban League and the and the Black Chamber of Commerce, whatever. What do you call this? Yvette Williams is over it. But it really doesn't matter. She used my membership for one year. And then she let me get on stage and have one conversation so she could position the uh, superintendent to to break her some leverage. Because the law is the law. And I'm sorry, so many people don't understand what the law says. But it's just like, what's his name said? I am the law. And he was the law until he had an outside chick in the house and had an outside baby in the house and was raising his child right alongside his other children until the truth be told. 
started looking too much like the daddy. <laughs> and oh Lord, people just had a problem with it. And so did she. So, you know, Arnold moved on, but he didn't lose status, meaning that the baby didn't go out with the bathwater boo. But in America, in America, when they can use the media to paint you a horrifying person. I watched them do that shit with Bill Cosby, and I watched them do that shit with R. Kelly, and then I watched them do that shit with Ye, Kanye West. Now, these are all black men and heavy and heavily influential, but on, around R. Kelly, it was only the testimonies, the testimonies of the hearsay of the bags of money being exchanged. And she didn't find no even exchange. She didn't understand what was going on. But they all testified to him giving bags of money. That's why his ass is sitting in the penitentiary. He got he got federal charges for racketeering, boo. <laughs> for not paying his goddamn taxes. Do you not understand this shit in America? Because the whole thing is, is that, you know, until you make money, you're good. But once you make some money, well, you got to figure out what the fuck you're going to do with that money. And, you, and it's going to be your obligation to figure out what the fuck to do with that money and invest it back in your community, boo, so that you can leverage your support that you are giving to the community and do what with it? Leverage, leverage, leverage. Leverage is everything. As I understand just who I am in America, and maybe you don't, the deal is... The word was always going to be e purpose. You know, matter many, there's one. <laughs> but out of one, there may be none. And if you ain't on the list, boo, you ain't getting no services. And that's just that's just the way it is. Yeah. Things will always be what they are until they are not. And the real reality is, is that when your printer starts making noise, well hell, everybody is joining in the game. I I'm not printing anything, but apparently it's it's notifying everybody about what I'm printing because it wants to think like I think. <laughs> and that will never happen. Because in order to be where I am, well, you will have just had to experience some things in life. And I just know far too many people were never in the room. So I can be in the room here all by myself. And you don't ever have to log in. But I still know what's happening because I've been to the table. You know, if you've been to the mountaintop and you've seen what you've seen, but still, you're the only one up there. No worries, because ain't nobody else coming. And therein lies the dilemma with the black man and the decision on how to determine how they will fund federal support for Negroes who have been enslaved. Well, well, how do they measure the maintenance of effort for you? I don't know. Because across this nation, it seems to be just fine that black children are failing. Well, how are they analyzing failure in America? And what's, I mean, how can you have a fucking national plan to end homelessness if you ain't created a way for people to sustain themselves outside of whatever. Because 
You see, in Europe it's just different. That's right. I lived in Italy as an adult. I lived in Japan as a child. And we lived in Texas as a child. I lived in California as a child and an adult. And I can here to testify. I just wanna testify that life is the same no matter where you are. It matters to who you are with and your relationships that you continue. Because you ain't got to be in somebody's face every day to know them or support them or share with them. You may not have talked to them in 20 years, but they're still the same person as you remembered. But let's just accept that in America, as a people, as a black people, we are not measuring or monitoring and we are not complaining enough about what it is we see. How is it that a black man would be incarcerated for an infraction of the law, not proving guilty, yet and still be condemned to die from neglect and abuse? And the people in America not talk about it because he was a black man. National news what the fuck is really going on when people are being eaten alive by bed bugs? By bed bugs. And the bites in the eyeballs. And the bites in the nose. And it is not like he was found unresponsive on his own. It is that he was found unresponsive in a condition that he could not escape. And therein lies the troubles of where I live today because I cannot escape what I have learned that has happened here in Nevada in the four years, in just the four years that I have been here that I lost my mother in the nursing home. And believe me, on the day that she died, I went to see her because I was getting my new phone then too, this 14 that doesn't really work. But uh, I saw her in the condition and my brother was holding her and she was telling me she just couldn't do it anymore. And I told her I loved her and I just can't see her like this because I know when she was at home, she wasn't suffering like she was suffering there. And my mother would have wanted and needed me to be there day and night. She asked me to be there day and night. But at that time, it was a lot and I just couldn't do it. I got the flu. And for three days, I didn't see her. And I know that she thought I had abandoned her, but I know that she knew that I loved her and that I did everything I could do to keep her living. So, you know, my mother had lost 40 pounds when they had her in the nursing home the first time. And she was underweight and her body had really started to, you know, deteriorate. And, and I realized that. And I had to figure out how to get some nutrition to her. And we did, but you know, Eating habits are really, really what they are. You know, greens and cornbread and chicken, fried chicken and ham and all the things that we grew up on not necessarily understanding that these things were not good for us as humans. And now 
we can look at other human beings. And I'm just really trying to understand what it is that I see on the computer. Maybe that's why the concern is about TikTok, because it really shows the conditions of Americans. And I kind of like Facebook because, Nehemiah, thank you for joining us in the worship. It's today Sunday. (laughs) I thought it was. Sabbath was yesterday for me. And the deal is, is that, you know, you truly only know what you know, and you don't know what you don't know. And I don't know how you're going to do something on your own when you never completed anything that was established for you to complete, meaning that the struggle is to understand that you have not been given individual attainment, meaning authority, I mean, the ability to achieve anything. But what are we really talking about? You have to have a willingness to learn. You have to have a willingness to do the things that you've not done before to understand that you want to get to where you would like to get to. And I'll just say, once again, in America, who are we? Bing, 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 human capital. And, you know, I can see that Facebook has taken my content several times. And, you know, they're getting sued. Meta, they're getting sued for people's content that they have stolen or whatever. I don't know. It's happening. It's a Facebook suit. Everybody should look into it. Really. Because when the money starts coming down, well, it's just going to start coming down. Rain on me. I want it to rain on me. That's what I wanted to do. Because no matter what I do out here in the ethos or out here in the land of liberty, I realize that I can choose to do whatever it is I'm doing. And choice is everything. And I can sit in my computer. I can sit in my backyard. I can be driving in my car. I could be walking and talking and reaching people to help them awaken and understand that the journey we are on is just a journey. And not everybody is on the train. Planes, trains, automobiles. But hell, if you locked in the room, you're just locked in the room without a vision and the ability to envision what the future looks like because nobody can say, "Uh uh-oh, you can't participate because there's always a workaround. And the deal is that my Facebook page and my Facebook posts, Darlene Billups, B-I-L-L-U-P-S, is my slave name, I'm sure. Anderson is my husband's name. But my given name is Darlene, Dartha Jean. That's how they was referring to me in the Southern and the Deep South. And the deal is, it doesn't really matter. Because I understand the power in showing up. And the power in advocacy. And the power in understanding just where you be in America. So we're going to have to use those assessments. We're going to have to use that data to demand and leverage where we would like to be. Because truly, who are you in America? What is it that you 
I've chosen to do in 2023 because it is our liberty that we can't justify anymore. Meaning that when Philando Castile was murdered, understand, it was reported back to the officer who was in fear of his safety, who probably should have really never got out of the car, but he was not charged. But he was murdered in front of a baby girl and a baby mama. And she wasn't, she didn't have him insured, but that was her life. And we didn't talk about how her life changed after that happened. Just like, you know, who is it? The woman who got shot in the bed with her man. I mean, put yourself in the bed with your man. And understand, gunshots through the door. Really? What in heaven's name for? Was there a dangerous situation going on? I mean, all these investigations, investigations into data and shit. We know you know. We know you know. You're just trying to put the pictures and the pieces together. But to go in armed and to take life that night. What the fuck was really going on? More than meets the eye. There's always more than meets the eye. What about Michael Vick and them dog fights? Well, after Michael Vick was taken down for the dog fights, I don't think we heard about him anymore. But let's just understand that alcoholism and drug addiction is a problem. And Henry Ruggs probably had some narcissistic qualities which enabled him to accidentally take the life of someone, but it was an accident. It wasn't it wasn't intentional. And instead of him atone, allowing him to atone for the accident, no, they locked him up and made him a criminal where they were rewarding that aggressive behavior on the field. And it was really their obligation to oversee it and to rebuild because I thought the Raiders left no man behind. But apparently, that is not the truth. (laughs) But of course, it is only my analysis and my perception, as everybody has a perception, just like everybody has an asshole. And everybody should be taking a shit about every day. But a lot of people don't. And they're walking around with that pot full of belly of shit. And then it starts to fester and fatten your ass up. And it's just real. As these are health conditions. And we realize the obesity problem in our in our communities. Yet still, we're not having these citywide conversations helping to build capacity to understand who's making it in the city. And who ain't? I saw a wonderful city performance by that mayor over there in New York. <laughs> mayor Adams, the black man with the bald head, fine, fine, fine. But the deal is, he's all about the business, and he's all about allowing retraining to happen for the people who did not graduate in his city. I'm just telling you, that shit is about opportunity, and we about to blow up over there. That is over there, not over here. Over here in Nevada, we ain't had no conversations about what's really going on. No. You want to put Joe in in office and Sheriff Joe Lombardo 
And then you want to control the devices in people's homes and shut up, people. Shut up over there. God damn it. Did you hear me? I don't want to hear you. And so people were foolish enough to block my emails. Soon learned that when they put the red light on, that I could expose their ass because I'm just trying to share what I know about what they should be doing as they're not doing the work. But when they refuse to hear what I know, well, I guess when I went to their upper chain, they understood there's power in that damn forwarding right there, that right there. There's power in knowledge, and knowledge is what I do possess. So we're going to see how long we're going to follow. Follow the yellow brick road. <laughs> follow the yellow brick road. Follow, 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 follow the yellow big road. And then when you got behind there and you found out who was really behind the curtain, well, I'm looking for that man in the mirror. And when he stated his case, well, goddamn, he's not here anymore. But when Prince started talking about signing with title records, it was more than the gossip. It was an urgency, a fierce urgency of him who had created music that he didn't share with his original people, his original owners. Well, they took authority and they killed his ass. Everybody knows that he died from an allergic reaction from a drug that he had not taken before. And hello, how did he get it? But goddamn, we ain't talking about that shit. Nope. (laughs) Nope. Because they went in there right away to analyze and see what they had missed out on for those years that they, that he had not shared with them. That he opened his fucking mouth, he should have kept it until after he signed with Title Records and they started doing business. But he spoke a little bit too soon and a lot of weakness. Well, hell, Bobby, Christina, and Whitney, I don't know. But I know that we only talking about the money as both accidental deaths we cannot atone for. Hell, we can't even atone to what Whitney's behavior was really. I mean, she was just all about partying, seriously. <laughs> to go in the same manner as your mama. Well, that just seemed a little bit too convenient. For the love of money, people will lie on their best friend. For the love of money, hey, I think we should find that song and do it. Do it on the way out because I'm getting ready to run. No, I don't want to put it on my on my podcast because then they might say I don't have access rights and it was just a song but always understand once there was a boy and girl boy said I love you so the girl said I'll never leave you but they grew up and they left each other and that's the way love goes baby and that's what usually happens in relationships that bear fruit and it really doesn't matter because what matters is did you learn that you are the overseer of the harvest and whatever you're willing to put in well you can oh a software update tonight Isn't that amazing? They just want to know what you're doing when you're doing it. And they can't necessarily see everything from a device that does not have a 
Well, this one doesn't have a chip in it anymore anyway. They just you they just turn it on. It's just a you go in there and they just put your little number in and then just said, Okay, now you got free access, but you still have to pay twenty five dollars like they're providing something, they ain't providing shit. But hell, it's just a archway to the out here to the ethos, out here to the real life, to the world. And as your reach becomes across the nation, understand that it is only you and you're in charge of what it is that you're willing to do in America. So I can always say like, subscribe, and follow me out here on my podcast on Spotify, not Anchor anymore. And I tried to sign up with Apple too, but I got stuck. They wanted me to put some kind of logo in. I just got stuck for a minute, but I haven't had time, and I've just been so busy. But time is not on my side. I have time, but I don't. I'm not utilizing it correctly. So you know, time is what it is. It's relevant in the accomplishments, but we all have to have a plan, boo. What's your plan in 23? I plan on being free. So I would say, like, subscribe, and follow me out here on this podcast over here on Spotify. I'm going to end right over there.